Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, there are three first-time birthday salutes for Joe Goodwin, Charles Dornberger, and John Howard Payne. And we're going to get close. Last week, June 6th, marked the birth in 1889 in Worcester, Massachusetts, of Joseph A. Goodwin. You may not recognize the name, but we could fill more than one show with recordings of his songs. When he was about 12 years old, he was booked by producer H. Bart McHugh as a kid act, and as a teenager, he performed as a monologist and toured the vaudeville circuit with various musical troupes. One of his first songs was Billy, published in 1911, dedicated to vaudevillian Billy's single Clifford. It was recorded that year by the American Quartet, and again in 1939 by Oren Tucker and his orchestra, sung by Bonnie Baker. And even as late as 1958, American pop singer Kathy Linden had a hit with it. In 1914, Goodwin became a charter member of ASCAP, the American Society of Composers, Artists, and Publishers. He performed in USO shows in Europe during World War I and served with the Army 81st Infantry Division Wildcats from May 29, 1918 to June 3, 1919, during which time for the division's theatrical troupe, he wrote OU Wildcats, described on the sheet music as a nonsensical conglomeration of doughboy absurdity molded into three acts. Back in the U.S. following the war, Goodwin worked as a talent agent and joined the professional staff of music publisher Stark and Cowan in New York. In 1929, he moved to Hollywood where he wrote for films, and his most prominent work is in MGM's Hollywood Review of 1929, which contains no fewer than nine songs with lyrics by Goodwin. Joe Goodwin died July 31, 1943, in the Veterans Hospital in the Bronx, New York, and is buried in Beth Olam, the Jewish cemetery within the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Southern California. His most famous song is probably When You're Smiling, recorded by Louis Armstrong and dozens of others, but his catalog also includes You Can't Run Around With A Lot Of Little Girls If You Want To Run Around With Me, Strolling Through The Park One Day, and these... I get the more I want. I can't get enough of you. 
your dreams to come true Through all the years I've been dreaming Through falling tears I've been scheming I've planned all of the things we would do And wonderful things they were true Now I've found you somehow And I can't lose you now For I've waited a lifetime for you
There you have four different Joe Goodwin records with songs written by four different composers. I mentioned in the bio that Joe Goodwin had no fewer than nine songs in the film Hollywood Review of 1929, and that was one of them, Orange Blossom Time, with the tune by Gus Edwards. In the film, Charles King sang it to Myrtle McLaughlin, and Cliff Edwards also sang a falsetto-voiced version, but we heard it performed by Paul Whiteman and his orchestra with an uncredited Bing Crosby on Columbia Potato Head 78, number 1845, recorded May 4, 1929. Before that, from another MGM picture, Our Modern Maidens, it was Victor Arden and Phil Oman and their orchestra with I've Waited a Lifetime for You. Scrappy Lambert is credited as Bert Lauren on that July 29, 1929, Victor 78, number 22074. That was preceded by a tune from yet another MGM picture, 1929's Untamed, That Wonderful Something is Love, where it was sung by Joan Crawford and Robert Montgomery. We heard it by Mark Kell's Happy-Go-Lucky Boys, backed by Nat Shilkert and the Victor Orchestra on November 8, 1929. That Wonderful Something is Love was composed by Louis Alter, but the label of that record shows the title as simply That Wonderful Something. We started off with Russell Wooding's Grand Central Red Caps with I Can't Get Enough of You, composed by Larry Shea. Frank Luther was the vocalist on Victor 22718, made May 13, 1931, and we'll be hearing again from Frank Luther in the next segment. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. The phrase close but no cigar means to fall just short of a successful outcome and get nothing for your efforts. It comes from the practice of fairground stalls giving out cigars as prizes at carnivals in the U.S., and is first heard in the 1935 film version of Annie Oakley. So for this segment of the show, we're going to see just how close we can get. Listen to 
That's the way I long to hear you say you'll be. I'd like to lock you in my heart, dear, and then lose the key. Just a little closer when you hold my hand. Just a little word to make me understand. I know you're mine, but still I want you Just a little closer, dear We started off that close but no cigar set asking you to come a little closer. That was McKinney's Cotton Pickers recording for Victor on December 18, 1930. The vocalist was Quentin Jackson, who played trombone in the band. You heard Edward Inga on clarinet, and Don Redman wrote the arrangement. Next, it was Tiny Parham and his 45, who were a little bit closer, a Parham original. Paramount 12586 was recorded in Chicago in December of 1927 and was followed by the Hit of the Week Orchestra, directed by Bert Hirsch, who got even just a little closer. The vocalist was Frank Munn, and Just a Little Closer was composed by Joseph Meyer with the words by Howard Johnson. Hit of the Week 1084 was released to newsstands on Thursday, August 28, 1930. Last week, June 5th, marked the birth in 1898 in Manhattan, New York, of multi-instrumentalist, bandleader, and composer Charles Dornberger. Although he had no formal musical training, he began playing piano by ear as a child and also mastered the violin, saxophone, and trumpet. During World War I, Dornberger served as a pilot in the U.S. Navy, where he met Paul Whiteman, who gave him his first job as a professional musician in December of 1919. In 1920, Dornberger formed his own orchestra, which had long residencies at ballrooms and hotels in the U.S. and Canada, was regularly heard on radio, and made dozens of recordings, mostly for Victor, between 1922 and 1932. Dornberger was also musical director of George White's Scandals of 1923. He was an avid pilot and in 1944 was working as a private flight instructor in Reno, Nevada, when a plane he was piloting crashed resulting in his death on February 8th. Here's Charles Dornberger and his orchestra.
fi fi goofy fi do the campus gamers see it in the papers jolly goofy goofs together on the campus goodness it doesn't get any better than that charles dornberger and his orchestra with the collegiate song campus capers from the mgm picture so this is college this campus capers was written by charlotte greenwood and martin bruns and is not to be confused with the 1908 college intermezzo college capers by albert sabbath they're not credited on the label of victor 22215 recorded july 3rd 1929 but the vocal trio was Dick Dixon, Harold Herron, and George Zabanek. Before that, from a few years earlier, on April 25, 1925, Carl Zorns provided the vocal on Way Down in My Heart. In addition to being a band leader, Charles Dornberger was also a composer, and he wrote Way Down in My Heart along with Charles Kisco. In 1923, Dornberger wrote Valslian as a tribute to his wife, Mary, and he also penned Saxophone Scandals, Am I Dreaming, H-O-M-E, The Only Place That Means a Thing to Me, and these. Wishing for dreams to come true If I 
Decided we must be miles apart. Each night we'll meet in dreams, making complete my schemes. But with the dawn, I awake finding you gone. Soon those miles may part, and then we'll be living forever. The memories we now share together. Miles
There's that stick-waving Ozzie Nelson and his orchestra on Bluebird B-7215, recorded October 20th, 1937, and Miles Apart, written by Walter Brevig, Joe Davis, and Charles Dornberger. Before that was I Don't Want a Dream If I Can't Dream of You, written by Dornberger and Perry Dring, performed by the Hi-Hatters, conducted by Leonard Joy. Frank Luther sang the vocal refrain on Victor 22533, recorded September 15, 1930. Most of the artists and composers we spotlight have birthdays in the late 1800s and very early 1900s. Yesterday, however, June 9th marked the birth in 1791 in New York City of John Howard Payne. What's that? Who's John Howard Payne? Why, the American actor and dramatist who wrote the lyrics to the song Home Sweet Home in 1823, of course. You know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, there's no place like home. It was adapted from Payne's opera The Maid of Milan, and the song's melody was written by English composer Sir Henry Bishop. He reintroduced the song as a parlor ballad in 1859, and it became very popular in the U.S., It was supposedly banned from being played in Union Army camps during the Civil War because it was feared its reminiscence of home and family would incite desertion. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of recordings of it beginning as early as 1891, but here to start off this Home Sweet Home segment is Henry Burr in 1906. Home Sweet Home, sung by Irving Gillette, Edison Records. Oh, <laughs> 
night and the moon beams, it all seems I'm just all alone. I'll find a heart that's part of my heart in a little town called Home Sweet Home.
every night at eight she meets me With a little kiss she greets me But that's what puts the sweet in home sweet home And hand in hand we pass the doorstep We're in heaven with one more step That's what puts the sweet in home sweet home And when I sit beside an old fireside That's when I tell the world I'm satisfied And when a little blue-eyed laddie Says, gee, I love mom and daddy Why, that's what puts the sweet in home sweet home Gene Goldcat's orchestra, directed by Harold Stokes, with Harold Stokes himself providing the vocal refrain on That's What Puts the Sweet in Home Sweet Home. Victor 21800 was recorded November 21, 1928, and the song was written by Ed Lowry, Mac Gordon, and Charles Newman. Before that, with best wishes to my friends Polsky and Nancy, whom I had the pleasure of seeing the other day, we went to the islands to hear the Aloha Land Serenaders sing Honolulu Home Sweet Home from Edison Blue Amberall Cylinder 5403. The Aloha Land Serenaders were actually Frank Ferreira and company. Last segment, we heard Frank Luther sing I Don't Want to Dream If I Can't Dream of You, and we heard him again with the Clevelanders singing in a little town called Home Sweet Home. Just one thing. The label of that Brunswick 78, number 4252, from February 15, 1929, has him credited as Francis Luther. In a Little Town Called Home Sweet Home was written by Walter Donaldson. We started off that Home Sweet Home set with Henry Burr, identified as Irving Gillette on Edison Gold Molded Cylinder 1515, around 1906, and Home Sweet Home. Several weeks ago, listener Robert from right here in Southern California sent an email asking to hear a recording by Bing Crosby of Duke Ellington's I Let a Song Go Out of My Heart, which he had heard many, many years ago on Jim Seeley's show, We Call It Music, on KPFK. Well, Robert, I think I found the recording you're referring to. It's not on a commercial 78 RPM record, but a radio transcription of a Kraft Music Hall show, and to give you an idea of the lengths to which I'll go to accommodate my listeners, this is on the 1977 Spokane LP titled Bing in the 30s, Volume 2. I didn't have the record, but I found a sealed copy of the LP in Japan. Thanks to the internet, that alphabetic search engine, and an online commerce website, the record is now part of the massive Rapidly Rotating Records music library. It's queued up on turntable number one, and I sure hope this is the recording you remember, Robert. It was the sweetest melody 
I know I lost heaven Cause you were the song Since you and I have drifted apart Life doesn't mean a thing to me Please come back, sweet music I know I was wrong Am I too late To make amends You know that we Were meant to be More than just friends Just friends I let a song Go out of my heart Believe me, darling When I say I won't know sweet music Until you return someday From the Kraft Music Hall show broadcast June 23, 1938, Bing Crosby with I Let a Song Go Out of My Heart. Henry Nemo, John Redmond, and Irving Mills get credit for the words. Duke Ellington wrote the tune, and he and his famous orchestra also recorded it for Brunswick on March 3, 1938, a few months before Bing's rendition on KMH. I hope you enjoyed that recording, Robert, and that it was, in fact, as you remember. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week and every week for more Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s and music to which you can't not tap your toes. Thank you for your very kind attention. (laughs) ¶¶ 